my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It is so wonderful uh, to be able to have you join with us again. This week we're following the theme, the ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world. And the big question for today is, do all paths lead to heaven? Today a co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Welcome, Gary. Well, I managed to get in here tonight. It's such a beautiful day out there. Yeah, and after I hear what you've actually been doing today, I'm amazed that you're actually in the studio. Tell us, what have you been doing today? Well, you know, I've got my sandals on. I've been uh, putting my feet in the sand. I've got my shorts and a lovely time. We took our Aboriginal Fellowship group down to to Glenelg and uh, it was a mystery tour, actually. Uh, We were planning to go to one of the reserves, but it's too far to go to take them. Um, We're going to go to Rowcombe, but it's just too far. So we said, look, we're going on a mystery trip. So they were trying to guess where, as we came into the city, where we were going, I guess, and this and that. And then I headed to, to Glenelg, and what a great day. We had beautiful down there. Uh, it's And it's nice to go, actually, during the week, you know, mm. uh, not at a busy time. Got a park, which is really good, feeling handy. And we all went down, and, you know, I went down and uh, had a bit of a paddle in the, in the water. I don't kind of swim too much these days, but they came down, and we had a Wonderful time. We actually um, uh, went to a little museum there. Uh, fairly near the waterfront, uh, near the wharf there, and it's upstairs. Uh, anybody hasn't been there, it's worth going to. There's some really good, um, actually, Aboriginal artifacts up there as well, but uh, it showed Colonel Light had a big bit of a statue of him mm-hmm. and all about him, and it talked about, uh, yeah, different explorers. Very, very interesting. Uh, I'd never been there before uh, to this museum. Fish and chips on the beach? Of course. I mean, you know, I even brought the tomato sauce along. I... <laughs> A tomato sauce on fish? <laughs> oh, definitely. you got to have it with your chips and that. But they loved it. And we went to a place where, um, you know, they, they had a special on and they got two little pieces of fish with chips all wrapped up on their own. So when we went back, it was like a school lunch. They all got yeah. a, a pack each. And, oh, we had a great time. And, of course, you got to finish with an ice cream. Uh, and, and there's so, a wonderful ice cream shop down there. <laughs> there is. I mean, you know, you soon learn these things, don't you? But, oh, no, it was wonderful. And the weather wasn't too hot. Uh, but I actually, you know, when you get down by the sea, it's a little bit cool than you think it would be. Yeah. But today was nice. It was really nice. And and the people really loved it. It's a break away from them, from kids at school. So we yeah. got them back at home yeah. just by 3 o'clock. So yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, ministry has got so many blessings connected. You know, sometimes people think, you know, uh, ministry can get, you know, uh, you know, boring is the uh, is the word that I hear. There's so many people think about about ministry, and yet ministry is actually so incredibly exciting, isn't it? It is, and fellowship is really important. And uh, you know, it's good to you know they see us in our shorts and t-shirts and things, and uh, see a different aspect of it. But it's just a matter of sitting and chatting over lunch, and just being in a, in a you know in a. Uh, a really warm situation, a very, a very nice, you know, and and the people really do appreciate it. And when we drop them off, they thanked us. What a great day they had! Uh, and then they go back to the to the normal life. So, did you see the seals down there? 
No, well, I th- we were at Glenelg. I think the seals are at uh, uh, Semaphore. Semaphore. I've yes, seen them at Semaphore. Yes, if yes. anyone goes down to Semaphore, those seals are wonderful. They're, they're wonderful. But we did see um, there was actually a um, <clears throat> it was some sort of uh, setter, is it dog, a red setter or something? And there were these pigeons walking around by us, and it was actually. You know, like going into a hunting mode. It was really just sort of like wow. freezing and wow. stalking, and yeah. and they were, everybody was taking photos. And we saw some some pelicans uh, around, and um, it was just generally uh, a nice. It's one of those days. This, this time of the year in Adelaide is an, it is one of the, it is a good to be alive time uh, in in Adelaide, isn't it? Well, the best thing to do is to get out and about. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. I mean, you know, when winter comes, we tend to you know sit by the fire or whatever. But now, you know, make make the most of it and, uh, yeah. and they loved it they don't generally get out that way too much so it was wonderful yeah. so we plan to take them other places through the year fantastic yeah. fantastic yep well, this afternoon it's also wonderful to have in the studio with us ricky reuter now ricky is one of the incredible support people for faith fm here in adelaide uh, ricky welcome aboard thank you gary nice to be here it is wonderful to have you uh, with us because I realise the amount of incredible amount of support that you do actually give to us. Well, I must say, it's, uh, I'm really excited that we are supporting Faith FM. What church do you actually attend? Birdwood in the beautiful hills. Uh, We're only a small church, but it's a lovely church. Okay, so that's the same church that our good friend uh, Helen Gray, who is our co-host on Thursdays, is actually lay pastor of. Yes, and we're very happy to have her with us too. Okay, and you've also got as your senior elder our co-host on Tuesday, and that's, uh, that's Eric Hall. Yes, aren't we blessed? I tell you what, you are probably the most privileged church in all of, in all of Adelaide. You know, I, I, I really love attending from time to time the, uh, the Birdwood Church. And can I just say to any of our listeners, if ever you're in Adelaide and you want to go to a fantastic, uh, church, a lovely, warm, welcoming church, the church you need to go to is the, uh, Birdwood Church at Birdwood in the Adelaide Hills. You'll love the drive up to Birdwood, and then once you get there, you have this lovely, lovely welcome, this incredible welcome uh, from all the folks. Faith FM, how did you personally, and I suppose the Birdwood Church, stumble onto Faith FM? Well, I really can't answer that very well, Gary. A few years ago, we were offered the opportunity to um, have a transmitter at our church, a receiver and a transmitter at our church, to beam it out to the local district. And um, the pastor that was there at that time, he was very enthusiastic about it, and, and we could see the opportunities, and we thought, okay, let's go for it. And the cost wasn't very high. And we're really happy to have it now. Okay, just for some of our listeners who may not understand how this uh, does actually work, Faith FM transmits as a low-power FM radio signal. Now, uh, that means that we actually transmit around a, a circumference of probably about 10 kilometres from a central aerial. The big FM stations, they're able to cover city-wide, but low-power FM only covers a small area. And yet what we find is that in many country areas, low-power FM is actually quite sufficient to be able to cover an entire town. Now tell us, how big is the Birdwood Township? Faith FM covers the whole of the township. Actually, that's one of the, one of the reasons why we moved to Birdwood, because I thought, aha, we can get Faith FM really good at Birdwood. So 
we thought, yes, and this. So you so, can actually, you actually moved to Birdwood so that you were able to get a Faith FM. That's one of the reasons, yes. Uh, that, that, that is remarkable. That is worth writing home. That is worth a writing a major article about. That, that's really wonderful, <laughs> uh, uh, Ricky. Well, such good programs on Faith FM. Uh, I really love listening to them. You and, are and a wonderful is- ambassador for Faith FM. We all, we, we'll almost have to start paying you at this rate. That has said, hey, look, we're only a small church. We're only 30 or 40 strong. But what we're, we're going to do is to receive, we, we've got a, a license in order to be able to operate. it's uh, We put an aerial up and we broadcast out to a town of 800 people. Now, I'm conscious that even some of the big FM stations aren't able to reach uh, some of the uh, some of the places that you are actually in once again because of the up of the hills that you've got in the way between yourself and uh, uh, and Adelaide. Now, tell me, Gary, I just wish that I just wish that every church would have Faith FM beaming out from their church. You think, um, you think it's that powerful and, and ministry? And also be advertising it on their board at the front of the church too. They need to advertise. We have um, put out literature door to door. Okay, should try it, and so they do. Actually, I was at a. Um, Interchurch council meeting a few months back and at the end of the meeting all of us from the different churches were praying together and we came to one lady and she said I want to thank the I'll thank you Lord for the Seventh Day Adventist Church who been faith uh, who been the gospel out from their radio all the time 24 hours a day and I thought oh that's nice isn't it so that, that was great that is a real a fantastic testimony there Ricky yeah. I mean that is when you know you're starting to make an impact well there's so many wonderful programs on it oh yeah I just wish I could listen to it 24 hours a day but I can't <laughs> Uh, that's that's why, Ricky. Tell me something. Now you're probably one of our key fundraisers for Faith FM. Now, how do you raise funds for Faith FM? I sell wonderful secondhand books, okay. and uh, I guess I've been doing this for about ten years. I haven't been supporting Faith FM all that time, but finally I came to my senses and thought, well, somebody suggested it to me. Why don't Why don't you send the funds to Faith FM? And I thought, oh, what a brilliant idea! So really, really happy to be supporting Faith FM with the funds from secondhand. How much do you raise each? Similarly, how much would you raise each year just from the sale of secondhand books? Well, firstly, we sell them very cheap because everybody's got so many. Books and they all say, Oh, I don't need any more books. So our prices go from one dollar to generally one or two dollars each, but there are a few. I think the most we've ever charged for a really good Bible was about fifteen dollars. And you work primarily um, out of your garage, as I understand it. Oh, garage, pergola, and shed, and we've got quite a lot of space here, which is good. Yeah, uh, we get books from all over the state. And even some from interstate too. And we get buyers from all over the state and even some interstate ones too. Oh, so, wow. Uh, so we generally raise between two and $3,000 each year. Considering that the books go so cheap, that's a lot of books that we sell. And that goes to support... Faith FM. Ricky, I just want to say a really big thank you for that. You know, this... Harry, I love doing it. You know, I meet so many wonderful people and um, books are... Books are great. Love. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. You know, I uh, I know my own library. In fact, I I know there are some books that I've got in my library that I actually procured from uh, from your little garage ministry, as I think you uh, you do actually call it. Uh, these are primarily religious books that you're selling, aren't they? Well, they're all religious books and health books. 
too. And health books. Okay. Uh, Ricky, tell me something. How do you plan this year to actually be able to raise those funds and sell those books? Because people keep donating books to you, and that means that you've got a problem in your garage. (laughs) Normally, I sell most of my books at our church big camp, which is a, a statewide convention, wonderful, spiritually uplifting times and love going to big camp and yes. I think everybody that goes there just loves it too. But this year, of course, we couldn't because of this coronavirus. So, well, I get text messages and phone calls and emails from people. Have you got this book? Have you got that book? And um, I've been selling them through the year. So far, with only dribs and drabs, we've raised, uh, I've sent a $1,000 in so far. But I'm not happy with that. I want to, I want to sell more books. Okay, now Ricky, I understand that because you've got the problem of a cluttered garage at the present time, that, you know, you're happy for people to contact you. Have you set, you set aside a day, in fact, didn't you, when uh, you're, gar- you're going to have an open garage, I think you're calling it, or something like that? We'll call it a pop-up market. A pop-up and, um, market, yes. We have a, we have a pergola, garage and a shed. So, so we've got plenty of space for them all. And we're going to have a pop-up market of books. 8th and 9th of November, which is a Sunday and Monday. Okay. Now, just let me say, we have lots of interdenominational books, and we did this two years ago for the district, and it was interesting, the people that came. But I was so excited to see some young males come along from other churches, and they were so enthusiastic about the books that they saw here that they went home and told some of their friends, and they came back in the afternoon and bought up more. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and can I say, Ricky, I mean, I think I actually picked up a, I think it was Prophetic Faith of Our Fathers. Now, you know, if anyone can actually get, uh, that's totally out of print these days. It's a four-volume yeah. set, and it's probably one of the most premier sets. It actually goes through studying, you know, what did the uh, what did the ancient reformers, what did the ancients in the church actually believe in prophecy? It's a powerful series, and you can't get it anymore. And I think I actually picked up uh, that uh, that particular series from your uh, uh, from your book sale, and I I, I treasure that set, and uh, it's certainly yeah. one that I will never uh, never dispute. That's the beauty of secondhand books. We have a lot of out of print books. We have a lot of really old books. I have them all in categories, you know, like theology and Bible study and Christian stories and biographies and Christian living and growth, um, counselling and leadership and some really old books, you know, from the turn of the century, 18, 1890s, 1870s and family relationships. Bibles. People want to contact you. I mean, they can come to your to your garage on the what's those dates again? The eighth and ninth of November. That's Sunday, Sunday and a Monday. Eighth and from ninth. Ten in the morning till five in the afternoon. Right. Uh, what time in the morning? From ten in from the morning. Ten until five in the five. five in the evening. They can come. Now we won't give your address out on air, but uh, Ricky. Would you be happy to give your phone number so people can contact you if they'd like to either look at, you know, know what you actually have available or alternatively to actually for you to give them your address so they can come to that uh, open garage pop-up sale? My phone number is 0477-482-695. Okay, give us that number again, Ricky. 0477-482-695. 
Okay, okay. And thank you so much for doing uh, for doing that, Ricky, because I think that this is a wonderful ministry that you are actually involved in. To me, I know that you're touching the hearts and the lives of people. You are you are changing the way people are thinking through the written word. And can I just encourage our listeners? You know, some of these second-hand Christian books have got so much uh positive material within them. And uh, to me, you know, for a couple of dollars, uh, they're they're well worth following up on. There are some fantastic books there. If you want to make uh, contact with Ricky, what's that number once more, Ricky? Oh four double seven four eight two six nine five. Thank you, Ricky. Really do appreciate that. And may the Lord. Before ri- you go, Gary. Yes. Before you go, can I say that this is a wonderful way of restocking church libraries? Now, people might say, "Oh, nobody uses our church library." Well, how long since you've restocked it? That's because heck. there are people that love reading books. Maybe they've read all the books. But now you can afford to restock your church library with different books. And so if people are interstate, you're happy to books in the mail to them. Is that is that the way it works? Well, as long as they pay for freight. Ricky, may the Lord richly bless you in your ministry. Thank you so much for, uh, uh, for, for what you are actually doing. And I just really pray that you have every success in this ministry. May the Lord richly bless you. That was Ricky Reuter. Ricky is one of the key supporters here in uh, uh, here in South Oz uh, in uh, in supporting the ministry of Faith FM. Eric, tell us, uh, book ministry does it change lives? Oh, for sure. I've seen it happen myself. You know, I've been a bookseller for over thirty years, um, and the children too. You know, uh, they. I mean, often today. Uh, Bible's not taught in schools, yeah. So where are they going to get it from? And often it's from the books that their parents share with them. So, mm. and in fact, um, in the world today, they're saying that you know there's a turning back to books. I mean, there was a time when they thought books yeah. bookshops would We're disappear. Going to be dead. Yeah. But I know in the Elizabeth Shopping Centre, um, the one there is, is you see people in there all the time, and it's yeah. strong. And with Ricky, she is an elder up there as well. I work with Ricky a lot, and I've been to camp and seen all the books coming in, yeah. and she sells some, and then all the books there's quite a she's a hard-working lady and takes them all and puts them in that garage of hers so yeah. i would ask people to support her and because she's this is a wonderful ministry to help this station this is fast going to become i think a major ministry i mean it started with a minor ministry but i'm conscious that it's i think it's fast transitioning into the into the next stage so i wonder what she was saying gary can you inform us too um just how many churches do have the uh, broadcast system for this station is there many around adelaide or um we we've got going live right now we've got uh, got 50 55 are actually going live right now but there's a there's a similar no, a number that will actually take this on a, a delayed broadcast around Australia tomorrow and uh, to me that's a that's a what means with this about 100 and 110 120 small uh, country towns and in cities like Adelaide we've got four or five aerials which is actually enough to cover all of all of Adelaide oh, uh, so uh, uh, you know this this ministry is one that's growing and building and mm-hmm. folks, can I just encourage you that uh, if you um, have, uh, uh, if you really want to s- support a successful ministry, mm-hmm. please consider uh, Faith FM, mm-hmm. uh, and you can certainly go online uh, as well to the Faith FM website if you if you want more details. And guys, let's come to some uh, some music. This is uh, Alison Krauss and the Cox family. I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow 
Touch the sky. 
Take Faith FM on the go with the free Faith FM app, available for Apple and Android. That's a wonderful uh, little app that you can download from your favourite app store. That's uh, Faith FM Australia. Uh, download that uh, that app and uh, you can listen to uh, to Faith FM on the go. You'll really appreciate uh, that uh, that particular app. You're listening to Faith FM. Be be. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're following the theme, The Ecumenical Spirit in a Post-Biblical World. And the big question for today is, do all paths lead to heaven? It was about 12 months ago I was uh, reading the religious news service and uh, an article jumped out at me. It was entitled Growing the Religious Left by Confessing Our Sins Against Nature to Plants. This uh, this really started to speak with me uh, and uh, and this is what it said. It might have been a scene out of the little shop of horrors. A group of people of all ages and races uh, sat on the floor of a church apologising to a group of plants. According to a tweet by the host of the event, the New York's Union Theological Seminary, however, it was part of a spiritual experience. In Today in Chapel, the seminary's official Twitter account revealed we confessed to plants. Together, we held our grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, sorrow in prayer, offering to them, offering them to the beings that sustain us, but whose gift we too often fail to honour. In a follow-up tweet, Union added, Theologies that encourage humans to dominate and master the earth have played a deplorable role in degrading God's creation. We must birth a new theology. Such a gathering might seem, well, unorthodox, says the article, but it's indicative of the ways in which the Christian left in America has sought with varying degrees of success to re-establish itself as a dominant cultural force. Indeed, a union's environmental reform liturgy is part of a wider trend, the marriage of the concerns of contemporary social justice activisms with the attempt to revive a robust, a progressive a Christianity. You know, when I read that, Eric, I sort of thought, what is actually going on here? How can, how is this, you know, confessing our sins to plants, how has that got any relationship to that which is actually within the Christian scriptures? Then, um, uh, and then reflected on an article that I actually uh, picked up uh, a number of years ago uh, on the from the same source. It was actually entitled um, "Pope Francis says those of no religion can be allies for the church." And this one is another one of those articles that really jumped out at me. And this is what the article said. Pope Francis extended a hand to those who don't belong to any religion, urging them on Wednesday, March 20, this is 2013, uh, to work with believers to build peace and protect the environment. In his first ecumenical meeting, the new Pope greeted representatives from Christian churches and other religions, including Jews and Muslim leaders who had come to Rome to attend his inaugural Mass uh, last Tuesday, 2013. Uh, Francis said he intends to follow the path of ecumenical dialogue set for the Roman Catholic Church by the Second Vatican Council. But he also reached out to those who don't belong to any religious belief but feel 
They have a need to search for truth, goodness, and the beauty of God. Can nuns, those who don't belong to any religion, can they in fact be allies with the church? You know, as I read these two articles, Eric, you know, there was something that, that, that really didn't resonate well with me at all. Because to me, on one hand, I'm so conscious that the apostle, the apostles preached a, a very unique spiritual form of Christianity. Uh, whereas here we've got head of a major institutional church saying that those of no religion can be allies with the church and then we've got a, a theological seminary uh, praying prayers of repentance to plants I mean this is strange these are strange times that we're living in Eric look let's come to our question for today do all paths lead to heaven well Pastor Gary with this one um, you know if you believe in Jesus Christ, let's have a look at a text to start with because we've got to know the path, where we're going. That's the main thing, isn't it? Uh, which path are we on and where is the path leading? And I'd like to bring up uh, Acts 4.12 where it says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So the pathway is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. The Bible is quite clear on that. So the question then arises that if we then believe that Jesus is our Savior, we believe in him, what then follows is his word is through Jesus. It's the Spirit of God. So therefore the words in the Bible become so important to us to lead us in the right path. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where the confusion has got because we've got um, so many churches today, so many paths, uh, and also those that don't believe. So how do, we, how do we walk on that path? Because the Bible does talk about different paths. It says, for instance, um, with these paths, it says in Proverbs one fifteen, my son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. So there are different paths. Mm. In other words, throughout this world, there are there are different. In fact, I think Christ talks about a broad path and a narrow path, doesn't he? That's right. Um, you're right. And that text is found here. I have it here for you. It's found here in Matthew seven thirteen fourteen. It says, "Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction." So there is a wide path. Here it's us with a big gate that most people are on, actually on. You know, Eric, yeah. I think that's really interesting because one of the things I'm so conscious of is that we're actually living in a world that says many paths to one heaven. You know, we're all going to end up, we're all going to the to the one place. In fact, there, there are many who would believe that there are a diversity of paths, but ultimately we're all going to end up you know, in the good place in the in the sky. Yeah, well, you know, the devil knows scripture as well, and you know, he can um, he can twist scripture. We can, we can actually, you and I too, Gary. We can actually twist scripture to fit what we want yeah. uh, to walk in, and yeah. and the Bible is clear on 
uh, certain aspects there about salvation, for instance. I mean, we've already had in other programs, we've had 21% of Christians on that American survey that don't believe Jesus is coming again. Yeah. 21%, which is mind-boggling to me that how can they read the scriptures and then say that Jesus isn't coming again? It's the whole center of scripture. And the other one was 48% don't believe that the moral law actually comes from the Bible, that the moral law is due to the world. You can set it in the world and you can have your own standards. Mm. So, you know, there is confusion and there's a weakening uh, of the gospel, which is leads us on the right path that text carried on and it it said enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and then there are many that go and buy it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few that find it so there's to me there's two options here there is um, a, a wide path that's going the wrong way and there is a narrow path which is difficult to find, it says here, difficult is the way which leads to life. You know, so this path here is um, a decision one where we learn something from the Bible, we accept it, and we place it into our lives, mm. and we walk that path. Mm. But what's happening today is, uh, through what we've just did, done with those statistics, show that people can read the Bible but have a different, different pathway. Yeah. A different yeah. belief to yeah. it, yeah, yeah, you know, which is really amazing to me. You know, uh, it says here also in Jeremiah six sixteen, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is good and walk in it. You know, the old paths is talking here about you know um, when we come in by faith and believe in Christ, we actually set ourselves on a path. Sometimes we can stray off that path. The old path is a good path. I think I think a good way of putting it is the revealed path, you know, yes. because there is, you know, there are some things I'm so conscious of about, you know, the the ancient times that hey, I'm not really sure I want to reinvent them, and yet I'm so conscious that uh, when we're talking about the old path, we're actually talking about the revealed path here. Mm. It's it's as though, you know, there is something in revelation that you actually don't get in um, out of the human mind. It just doesn't happen out of the human mind. It's only when something is revealed supernaturally that suddenly there becomes a a, you know, a wonderful uh, blending of truth. Mm. And this is where the old man, the old way of life, is the battle then begins. Because for me, to accept some of the truths of the Bible that I was discovering, I understood it, but... It it didn't suit my lifestyle. It, you know, I kind of reasoned around it, um, and it took for me uh, when the Sabbath was revealed. It took me over a year from when I fully understood it to actually to carry that out and go on that pathway to yeah. where we are today. Yeah. I wouldn't be sitting with you now if if you don't follow the, the paths that we do. And people have those sort of struggles, yeah. and then you get all sorts of things where. I've been to other churches, and there is a different kind of a belief there. So you've got to have, um, you've got to set your belief. We accept it through the Holy Spirit, and it's not just one or two texts. We've talked about this before. It's it's setting that that straight line that we know that we're on the right path because Scripture, the Word of God, supports those beliefs. In other words, what you're really saying here is that the Scripture is actually able to provide us, if you like, the cognitive uh, knowledge 
that we do actually need. But it's when the Holy Spirit actually impresses that uh, cognitive knowledge onto my heart that suddenly a transition is able to take place in the life of the individual. And you start to see a change take place. And you know, Eric, one of the things that I'm so conscious of, I've, I've certainly studied the scriptures with so many people and uh, I, I find that the the, the, the intellectual uh, knowledge, the intellect can accept something, but it's only when the Holy Spirit takes hold of that and, and, and impacts the heart that suddenly there is a transition. There is, if you like, the aha experience yeah. that suddenly uh, yeah. takes off. And this makes sense. You know, this is, this is going to give me, you know, I love that passage in scripture where it talks about the truth shall make you free. In fact, I've actually written up as a bit of a mathematical equation. And occasionally when I'm preaching, I'll actually put it on the board as a, you know, more truth equals more freedom. You know, there are sometimes people say, hey, you know, I mean, uh, the scripture is such a, you know, a, a bonding book, you know. Well, actually, more truth that you discover, the more freedom. You know, like, for example, you know, when I discover the, the truth of salvation, I get the freedom of peace. Hmm. You know, when I receive the, uh, the truth of a soon coming savior, I have freedom to hope. Uh, hmm. When I get the, uh, free, the, um, the truth of a, of a, 24-hour Sabbath, a rest day on the seventh day of the week, I have freedom to rest. And, you know, Eric, to me, this is the thing that is so, so powerful because I have more truth equals more freedom. And yet to me it seems that today increasingly people are actually wanting to accept bondage by refusing truth. Does, does that make sense? Yes, uh, and <clears throat> it really does water down the scripture. You know, um, I, when you talk about um, that aha experience, you know, you can accept it in your mind, the truth of the Bible, but to put it into practice, now that's a different situation where it means either giving up something in your lifestyle. But what actually happens here, Gary, is what we're talking about tonight too, is that you can have this belief and then um, if you go on to a different faith, go into a different faith where there is a compromise there, I mean, yeah. I mean, already you've seen in the news, you know, and, and uh, different churches trying to come together. Yeah. And there's yeah. still differences of opinion. Yeah. But what happens then is, is then there's a mixture comes in. I mean, if you went and joined um, uh, a table tennis, I love table tennis, I go and join yeah. a table I want to know the rules and, and what's going on. You want to know all those things. How does it actually function? How does it actually function and, yeah. and what the beliefs are? And then when you've got this contradiction that I believe that when I die, you go to the grave and sleep. But if they said I went up to heaven, I would not accept that because that's not what Scripture is telling me. Yeah. So there you've got the interlocking point. Yeah. That's yeah. where the, the rubber yeah. meets the road, you know. This is, this is why I think, you know, this issue of truth is actually so important because, you know, living in the day and age in which we're living of so much fake news, yeah. you know, the protection against fake news, mm. the protection against being ripped off yeah. is actually this thing called truth. If there is no truth, mm. then I'm opening myself up 
to be ripped off. Mm. And, you know, I mean, why is it that Christ, when he, that passage that you read to us, he talked about, you know, why it is the way to destruction. I just wonder how many of those people are actually being uh, ripped off because, you know, they don't have, they haven't accepted the foundation of truth, which I suggest to you is actually the scriptures, the word of God. That's right. Well, you know, there is a, um, a series of passages found in Galatian where Paul talks about this uh, apostle and he was talking, he was writing to the Galatian church where there were problems. And uh, it says here in verse 6, it says, um, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Yeah. So what's happening there is they're turning away from what they believe to a total, you know, to, these are people yeah. who are Christians who believe, and when Paul was there last time, they, they were accepting it. Now he's been away; he's coming back. I'm so amazed how quickly that you're turning away from the gospel. Mm. It's amazing. And then he goes on to say, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the the gospel of Christ. Now, what he's talking about here was actually Acts. 15.1 when it says and certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses you can't be saved mm. so you know that's a totally foreign doctrine to what the Bible is teaching so what it's saying here is you, you've, you've turned and how quickly how quickly we can you know when Moses went up to get the tablets and he came down and he found that the Israelites were worshipping a golden calf in such a short time how quickly we follow Wrong things. Yeah. In other words, the scriptures actually do put some boundaries on uh, on on belief. It mm. it's I I recall just uh, um, just very recently I had the had the privilege of uh, of preaching at my church and I actually looked at this subject of unity and diversity. Mm. And you know one of the things that I you know I, you can bring out of scripture very easily is is the issue that unity and diversity is a good thing. And we find that uh, unity and diversity is a wonderful thing, particularly as far as spiritual giftedness is concerned. Within the church, there are different spiritual gifts, huge diversity within the church and there's unity within those spiritual giftedness for the purpose of ministry and yet one of the things that comes out of scripture is that scripture itself actually puts boundaries on unity in diversity Mm. Uh, and what we find is that passage that you just so correctly pointed out and I think so powerfully uh, is, is so important because what Paul is saying to the Galatians there is there is a boundary as far as the gospel is concerned he's saying you know there is no unity and there is no diversity allowed as far as the gospel of Jesus Christ is actually concerned. That's right, because it actually goes on further, and it's quite strong words that are used in the Bible. Yeah, share it with us. From verse 8 it says, um, well, it says in verse 7, really, it is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. So that's really powerful. So it's quite a responsibility in searching scriptures and following the theme uh, and following it through from beginning to end. And it says, as we already said, so now I say it again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And how they accepted it was with um, the teachings through Paul. They they studied the scripture and they found those passages. 
It's not that. calling for any coming together here no. just on the environment or some other, you know, political issue, but mm. rather what he's doing is he's looking at the foundational issues and he's saying, hey, uh, the, as far as the gospel is concerned, there is to be no, uh, there's to be no uh, compromise as far as that is concerned. In fact, mm. I think of uh, uh, Acts chapter 4, you got Peter and John, and of course Acts 4.12, uh, this is a, this is another passage that I, I look at and I say, wow, I mean, Peter and John are certainly being uh, very clear here that there is no compromise here either, uh, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given mm. under heaven, given amongst men, by which we must be saved. Of course, mm. they're talking about Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, and here we've got Peter and John putting Jesus Christ very centrally at the, as the core of their belief and practice. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you've got that passage which you correctly um, bring out from uh, from Paul's where he centralizes the gospel. He says there is to be no, um, no, uh, you, you can't uh, compromise on these issues. It's not possible to compromise without, in fact, losing the entire faith. And, and you can't make the gospel... Um, to sound as though it's to please all people, either to try and get a popularity where the great increase comes, because yeah. the Bible actually says that the way is narrow. It says that now in verse ten, and Paul speaking. Now I am try I am trying to win the approval of human beings or of God. So am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? Yeah. If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Yeah. So we have people, we see them on TV, some of these evangelists who, who preach a popular thing, you know, and uh, anybody is saved. You can do what you like, you know, sort of thing. You're saved. You know, the, the gospel is clear. And verse 11 says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by the revelation from Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. So yeah. that's the key, isn't it? To, it you, is. you know in your heart when you read it and then you follow through those texts and they all just sit together beautifully and you up. get a truth. How powerful. Yep. How, Eric, look, mm. let's let's have a break. Let's go to Christian Badal. This is a, a song that really reflects on what we've just been talking about. Find us faithful. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road And those who've gone before us line the way Cheering on the faithful Encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament To God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race not only for the prize But as those who've gone before us Let us leave to those behind us The heritage of faithfulness Passed on through godly lives Oh may all who come behind us Find us faithful May the fire of our devotion Light their way May the footprints that we leave 
to believe And the lives we live inspire them to obey Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful After all our hopes and dreams have come and gone And our children sift through all we've left behind May the clues that they discover And the memories they uncover Become the light that leads them To the road we each must find Oh, may all who come behind us Find us faithful May the fire of our devotion Light their way May the footprints that we FM on the go with the free Faith FM app, available for Apple and Android. Again, a fantastic app. Uh, if you don't have it on your phone, go grab it at your uh, at your app store. Uh, welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. And this week, we're following the theme: the ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world. And the big question for today is: Do all paths lead to heaven? Eric, bring it together. Got about five minutes. Um, um, just in a nutshell. Yep. Well, Christ spoke about um, the revelation of truth, how important truth was. In John sixteen thirteen, he says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And then there's a warning. Second Thessalonians 2, 3 to 4, it says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is 
is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. You know, Pastor, you said it before, there is a freedom in knowing God and following his his, his path, you know. Um, Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, we are all one in Christ, but it's under the banner of this uh, spirit of truth, not following the perdition here that it's talking about, another pathway, we're together on that narrow path, and we must stay on that path. I love the way that you put that, Eric. I really appreciate what you've actually said. You've actually put, so long as it is under the banner of a thing called truth. Mm. You know, we, you're challenging the very uh, philosophy of our world today because we're living in very much a post-truth era. Mm. And yet what you're saying is that unity is possible but only under this banner of this thing that's actually called truth. Truth, what you're saying, does exist. And in a world today that we see rapidly falling apart, how, how important is now that we stay close to those scriptures that we love and hold dear, that as other people try and tear them down and say, no, there is a different way, or, you know, sometimes I've been to places where they've given scriptures in the wrong way and producing this idea, I know in my heart what the spirit of truth is saying to me. Yeah, and yeah. that is the key to hold firm because it said it is a difficult way. There will be people pulling and, and trying to tug you off that path. But when you've got that in your heart and you stay true to there, you keep on going and Jesus is coming soon. Yeah, and how important it is to actually have a knowledge and an understanding of the entire scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because you've, you've mentioned before yeah. about the importance of lining up scripture upon scripture. Uh, but you know, that assumes that I do actually have an understanding of the entire scripture. And every now and then I actually uh, challenge uh, uh, Christian people and say, hey, look, have you actually read the Bible from cover to cover? You know, And uh, you know, there are so many that actually look at me blankly and say, well, a fair bit of it. You know? mm-hmm. But you know, this is something that it is, you know, I believe in the world in which we're living today, just absolutely so important because it's only as I have a scripture that is able to, um, I'm able to compare it with other portions of scripture that actually one portion will explain another portion because there are some portions of Scripture that are a little bit unclear on the first reading. Hmm. But, you know, when you go and read what the Scriptures actually say about the Scriptures Hmm. and how the Scriptures interpret the Scriptures, Hmm. suddenly there becomes wonderful clarity. Hmm. that, that, That to me is a beautiful thing. And this deceiving too, you know, the thing is, that you don't just take the word that you hear from somebody else or from even a pastor. You check it. You che- yeah. you know you you study it yourself. That's yeah. the whole key to the relationship yeah. with Jesus yeah. Yeah. is to build the bond with Him, and that's the way we can be deceived and 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 be moved off what the truth really is. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, look, mm. we do need to close. Mm. Would you have prayer for sure. anyone who might be seeking for truth today? Yep. Our dear Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to come unto prayer tonight. Lord, we just want to thank you for a Father who loves us all, a God who lives, a God who sent his Son into this world to give his life on our behalf. And Lord, when Jesus died and I went back to you, you sent the Holy Spirit. 
Spirit in such abundance that would come into our lives and change our hearts and minds, that he would change our character as we study Christ and we love Christ. We know what Christ did on this earth, that we might become more like him. And Lord, the truths that you've left us behind give us freedom. They don't hold us in bondage. We know that we're on the right path because we follow you. And I pray, Lord, that if there's somebody struggling tonight that is not sure whether there is a God who lives, that there's a God that loves them, Lord, we pray that they will turn to your word, that they will learn about you, that they will fellowship with like believers, that that will just have their lives changed because they follow that way. And Lord, we know we live in a difficult world, that there's so much temptation around. So Lord, help us all, Lord, we pray, to stay close to you, to stay true to the scriptures, to understand what Jesus wants of us today, and that one day we'll all be with you in heaven. So bless everyone now, and bless this radio station, Lord, and may it continue, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask, is the ecumenical spirit the same as biblical unity? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy Bethany Dillon, How Deep the Father's Love. Chosen one, bring many sons to.